All right, folks, delighted to have Mark Swain here chatting with me today, who I've had the pleasure of playing football with for Temple Oak Sing Street. We were just chatting about how long ago it was since we were playing under 21s together. Scary. Um, so, it seems like a good while ago now, Dick. <laughs> yeah, too long. So Mark has set up a company called Small Steps Wellbeing, and their focus is on um, youth wellbeing coaching. So that's looking at the physical, but also the mental health um, of these young people. There's a new website coming in March and there's going to be the workshops for schools, but also then for, for one-on-one sessions also, Mark. So I suppose that's probably an exciting time with the website on the way. Yeah, definitely, Deck. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, kind of. I suppose I'm, I'm currently completing my master's in uh, positive psychology and coaching and then hope to, yeah, kind of push the push the kind of website then it'll be coming out in in March so yeah exciting uh, I think I suppose with with the times that we're in at the moment it's probably very necessary it's a lot of anxiety out there and there's a lot mm. of, kind of I suppose uncertainty so I suppose anything that we can kind of do to kind of look after and promote looking after our own kind of mental and physical health uh, I think is a, is a big positive yeah absolutely absolutely and on that i just picked a few photos here that that i had found and this is yourself and, and kev McManaman who are running a really great uh, initiative called warriors of the light that was for different charities um can you tell us a little bit about that yeah and no, that was um where is it like probably kicked off about four or five years ago and it was off the back of a conversation and uh, kind of a men's health night um and myself and kev have been best friends since we were kind of about 12 but one thing when we were at this this night four years ago was that it, it kind of struck us how I suppose open and honest uh, men were being around kind of how they were feeling and it was something that like we'd always go to the pub and we'd talk Conor McGregor or football or Man United, Jose Mourinho, any of these topics but any I think I suppose that was kind of under more kind of a little deeper if you want to call it maybe relationship issues, careers, anything like that kind of was kind of nearly put in a box and it was nearly one of these untouchable boxes so I suppose Worries of the Light was about kind of bringing people together we ran nights through kind of song, story and poetry um, in different kind of cafes around Dublin and I suppose where people could kind of get up and I suppose show that kind of more authentic kind of some say vulnerable side um, yeah. and kind of all about creating a kind of culture of compassion in that kind of space. Yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's such a, a good initiative. And I actually wrote an article this, this, uh, this year for, it was men's um, wellness week, you know, and it was heavily influenced by a book that you had recommended to me called the mask of masculinity, which I think is excellent on this topic. If people are looking to, to read up a bit more and, and interestingly in the book, he actually kind of tailors his message, yes, for men, but there is, at the end of each chapter, there's a little bit for, for women, for the men in their life. And I thought that was a really nice touch, actually, in, in the book as well. You know, I thought, so this is a hugely important area. And you see a lot of people posting about it now with Movember and the mustaches and talking about things like suicide and that generally the male rates of suicide in, in a lot of countries around the world are, are a lot higher than, than, uh, than females. So I think this, this vulnerability point that you raise is really huge. And I think it's, it's a really good, good cause and a good, uh, a good thing to be raising awareness around. Cheers. Yeah. Now that book mask of masculinity is uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I remember reading it for the first time. It just struck such a chord about the different masks that I suppose as men we're, we're forced to wear sometimes around like maybe the stoic mask or, or the athletic mask and I suppose all these different sides of us that 
I suppose from a young age to some extent we're kind of we're we're shown that that's what it is to be a man and about the importance of kind of nearly embracing who we really are as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and what I think that is great about what you're doing as well and, and doing the workshop with uh, with schools as well, like is, is obviously your background in teaching as well is going to going to help a, a lot in terms of that and your experience with students. And I know this is St. Killian's here. So uh, I suppose you've had good times in there. Yeah, I mean, in my uh, sixth year, so I've actually I've been lucky enough to work in the primary and the secondary school. Um, it's St. Killian's, it's, a, it's a, a kind of a German school based based here in Dublin, but uh, they've been uh, they've been great. And I suppose with with I with small steps that you mentioned earlier, that kind of originated with me doing some work over in over in the states um, with uh, dancers, so Irish dancers actually that are based over there. And it was around kind of mindset and looking after, I suppose, confidence and kind of negative self-talk that can kind of, I suppose, um, inhibit performance to some mm. extent. And what off the back of that, then I kind of actually felt that, you know, this wasn't it wasn't only athletes um, or elite athletes that were experiencing this, that with the students that I was teaching, everybody was experiencing this neg negative self-talk that is so prominent. Um, yeah. So I've been running uh, wellbeing sessions yet yeah, in primaries and secondary schools, I suppose, since, since that as well, which has been, which has been uh, hopefully huge, hugely beneficial, but something I've really enjoyed as well. Yeah. Excellent. And just to ask you then when the website is launched, it's not just for schools, right? There will be one-on-one -on -one sessions that will be targeted at everybody, not just youth uh athletes and students is that right yeah the, i suppose that's going to be i suppose around kind of it's 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 actually it's going to be male kind of male focused and it's going to be i suppose kind of maybe 16 to kind of 32 uh mm -hmm. 32 years years of age we're experiencing a thing that's kind of very been talked about at the moment called this kind of quarter life crisis um and it's just about kind of i suppose it, it was kind of the term midlife crisis but i think yeah yeah kind of how, how society has changed and so we're, yeah. we're to some extent our our young i would say our young females and males but definitely our um our males now we're, we're reaching a stage that sometimes we don't know what's the what's the best road to go down we're, we're kind of we're in school but we're still left uh without some of the kind of i suppose key key understandings of how to understand ourselves how to navigate the stresses of life that i don't think anybody really knows but hopefully it'll be a it'll be a service that can kind of that can help in in that regard yeah and for sure we won't understand it any better if we don't talk about it so i think that facilitating conversation around these things is is half the battle right absolutely yeah definitely agree so just to touch back on before we go into our, our sort of our, our zone in topics for today, which is is helping young athletes as teachers, as sort of leaders or as, let's say, figures that they look up to. Uh, it's going to be really interesting picking your brain on that and getting, you know, what the what way we can positively influence their enjoyment of sports. So that's going to be really interesting. But I did want to touch on how you're finding your your experience um, with the the masters in applied positive psychology and coaching yeah um it's uh i've been kind of fascinated by positive psychology for for years it was just that subject that really always like really i suppose was my jam and uh, to come across a course tailored specifically yeah. to positive psychology and then coaching psychology is just amazing i'm really really enjoying it um kicked it off in september it's uh, it's distance learning so it's actually it suits now i'm able to kind of i'm able to work alongside it 
Um, and it, it's, I suppose, a lot of what we're learning from the puzzle psychology point of view is these things called PPIs, puzzle psychological interventions, which are all around kind of research-based interventions that are um, have been shown to increase the levels of happiness in individuals. Um, yeah. So fascinating stuff. And then the other side of it is the coaching, which is, I suppose, yeah, learning all around the frameworks, the processes, and how to, uh, I suppose, coach coach that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it sounds fascinating. And just going to ask you a question, just to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, no, just in terms of positive psychology, right? I I'm a believer, so you're speaking to the converted here. But just you know, a lot of people see that and they think, well, sometimes you know you can be positive all the time, but if a situation is looking bleak, it's looking bleak. So like, what I suppose, what is positive psychology, and how is it used in adversity? Let's say. Yeah, great question. Um, I suppose to kind of, I hope this answers it, but I'm actually, I'm currently writing an assessment at, around, at the moment around positive psychology and kind of, I suppose, the interventions. And my opening paragraph was just, I suppose, around me in a restaurant maybe 20 years ago. And I was there with my sister and we came out of the restaurant. As we were in the restaurant, my sister was kind of like talking about the tastes, the smells, all the different things she was noticing in the restaurant. Then she was communicating with the uh, with the waiter and talked about the empathy that she had for him. She left a big tip. Um, and as we were walking out, she spoke about the different forms of gratitude that she felt for the night that we just had. Yeah. So yeah. Was, for me, for me, it was just like, how was your night? It was like, oh, I was good. It was nice food, whatever. But I was very, very <laughs> envious of yeah what now I'm kind of realizing that my sister had been touching on all these different, I suppose, positive psychological interventions, touching on savoring, the process of savoring. That can be anything from kind of your morning coffee, sitting down and really enjoying the experience she was talking mm. about in the food, then around the empathy, um, kind of having empathy towards people, these things called random acts of kindness or that kindness approach and gratitude. And um, sorry, I could talk about it all day, but there's a researcher, Sonia Lubomirsky, and she speaks about a thing called the happiness pie. Um, which, which talks about 50% of our happiness is from our genetics and um, 10% is external circumstances, which is around, I suppose, relationships, finances, um, and maybe career. Yeah. But then there's this 40%, which is called nearly like the, four, the golden 40%. And that's down to, I suppose, how we see the world. And mm -hmm. I suppose it's having that perspective. So a lot of positive psycho psychology to me is around, is around that gaining nearly appreciation for these different things that can enhance our happiness love it love it and what you mentioned is also yeah in terms of how we frame what comes up for us right and how we yeah and how we i suppose approach those things and whether there's that sort of maybe victim mindset or when do you need to move past that and, and accept and, and look to, to to move with what what's come at you Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You touch on kind of perspective there and kind of, I suppose, mindset as well. And two, two huge things that we're looking at. Um, I suppose that it's, it's all around, I suppose, the lens that we're viewing, viewing situations. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I could chat to you all day about that stuff as well. Anyway, this is a photo that uh, Caroline <laughs> Quinn has actually posted a lot of good ones there online of the Temple Oak lads over the years. So got one of you in action, uh, open mouth deal, uh, I don't know. I I have that one in a lot of my football photos. Except I'm more like a blowfish. I have the uh, the cheeks out, but uh, I had to share that one of you in the Temple Oak Sing Street. Proud Temple Oak Sing Street man. That was a that was an action shot. I hope you caught that in the end. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now the singer days are still going. Thank God. Um, yeah, you'll be back next year. 
yeah, hope to be, hope to be. I'm pushing on now. I think I'm the second oldest on the on the team. But uh, yeah, well, we're hoping to give it another good crack now next year. Training should be kicking off in in yeah January. So looking Brilliant. forward to it. Brilliant. All right. So let's look. That was a nice chat actually around uh, you know positive psychology and all what you're doing. Um. So I just want to now zone in on those three topics. So say you're a parent of a young athlete, right? Or you're a teacher. And I don't even mean just like, I don't mean solely their PE teacher. Say you're their curriculum teacher as well. And through sort of conversations with this, this young person, how can we harness their enjoyment of sport? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. Um, I was having to think because you sent me through the, the questions this morning. I was having a little think about it. And I think, to be honest, at some to some extent, it probably depends on the age. And I've, mm. I've taught uh, kind of students from the age of five up to up to 25. Um, yeah. But at, at a young age, I think it's really, really important to let to let the kind of the child to experience all the different sports. To mm. kinda, and that, that would be kind of, I suppose number one tip would be to kind of let them kind of dip the toe into all these different sports and yeah. horse riding, football, Gaelic, soccer. I remember as a kid myself, I used to try everything. And that kind of can give a student a good kind of feel for kind of what they naturally gravitate towards and what they naturally don't like as well. Um, I suppose as regards sport, it's it's just like the, we could talk all day about the benefits. So I think it's really, really important to force, force students to be kind of um, – doing their physical activity like uh, from regarding social social point of view emotional intelligence problem solving like handling anxiety the list is endless but yeah. my first thing would be to let a child kind of dip their toe into all those different areas and mm-hmm. um, moving on from that then it would be i suppose if they were to choose because a lot of the time i've I've parents coming to me and saying listen my, my, my child is now he said he wanted to do gaelic football he's two weeks in and he wants to give up I would kind of, I'd, I'd kind of try create some type of contract with my child or with, with with a student if it was, as regards. Okay, listen, we've tried now all the different types of sports. You've uh, alluded to this kind of passion that you'd like to try. If we're going down this road, I want you to do it for a year, and that would be because, like with students and with kids, we can kind of they can have a bad day, and then it's like I don't want I don't want to go again. I don't want to go Gaelic train, and I lost the match. I'm not good anymore. And it's about kind of having that kind of it's building resilience. It's also yeah. building. so that would be my second thing that when they do choose a certain have that kind of chat, have that contract that where if we're going with this, we're doing one year and we're doing a season. And it's a, it's around I suppose that whole thing of like if you fall off a horse, you need to be able to get back on so that you don't have that kind of negative I suppose association with it. Mm, absolutely yeah great. um and then the final thing would 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 be around enjoying it is to uh i think to show interest and i know even kind of being interested in your child sport can can really help and that's a fine line i suppose showing interest and um i was lucky enough like my dad used to come along to all my matches and he'd ha- have to chat with me how would you play and it was very it was lovely kind of having that kind of person who was also interested in the sport and we talk about the game um, and it's a, there is a fine line when I was overworking um, two years ago, I, I did a good bit of work over in LA and Chicago with, as I mentioned, dancers. And yes. one of the times we brought in parents and uh, I was doing talks with parents as regards the, I suppose, how they were viewing their child's um, experiences in, in the dance world. And it, it must be said that it was quite, it was elite level dancing, yeah. but what it became very prominent that to some extent it, um, there was a lot of stresses being being risen between the parent and the child 
And I suppose the big question was whose goal really was being targeted here? Mm. And it was kind of was this was this a goal of the of the child or was it a goal of the of the parent? So mm. I suppose that having that intrinsic motivation um, for for the individual that that it's their want, that it's their yeah. love, that it's their sport, and that it's not putting the pressure on the child to to live an adult's dream, to live their mm. father's dream or anything like that. So I suppose they'd be my I suppose three kind of yeah. I really yeah. like that. And it just triggered kind of a, a memory that I talked to Cormac Donoghue, who you know from, from Temple Oak. Yeah. He, he said to me that a big thing that they were trying to get the parents to do was to have the first question be, did you enjoy it today? Not what did you score? Did you win? And just ask them, did they enjoy it? And I think that that's a huge one because it puts the emphasis on if they're not enjoying it, at least you've got then a format to go and address why not. Whereas if, if you put the emphasis on winning and success, that can have sort of impacts going forward, you know, that it, it nearly becomes what that what sport is is about. And it's not really, it's about the resilience and the life skills that can come. 100% agree, yeah. That, that, that kind of process, that process of the sport itself. And mm. I think even like you know, as adults, you look at process goals versus future-orientated goals. And that's even so much more important with 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 kids mm. and with students that it's the process it's the it's the interaction of going to the training being with your friends before it uh, having to understand the skills the the problem solving that goes with sports the social interaction the kind of the ups and downs that it's that process that is the really really that's the goal in in, in the whole thing that it's not the winning it's not the losing and and even for for a child to kind of understand that as well and it's, yeah. it's amazing that you can kind of nearly see with a lot of students i'd be working at you can kind of nearly see the values if you like of of a home life sometimes come to the come to the front as regards i know i didn't win there but i'm happy with how i played or our team mm -hmm. played well as a team that they're focused on that process so yeah, yeah definitely process orientated love it love it um so we're going to move to another i common um point and i and i and i like that you made you made the comment about the parents and maybe not having it that their kid is is more pursuing their goal than you know the the kids goal. so we're going to chat a bit about cao applications like in that time in a in a sort of a, a more i suppose you could say potentially young adults or a teenage age where they're certainly making decisions that's going to affect their adulthood in terms of what course to do at college and um, so the conversation is, has moved on from, say, youth athlete point, but to that age. But what would you advise to, to teachers or, or parents, you know, to, to guide a student towards the best decision for them in that scenario? Yeah, uh, that it's a very tough one, I suppose. And I suppose even like when we say guide somebody, ultimately, it's the individual themselves. Yeah, that really yeah, yeah that's true. I'm going to guide you towards what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's, I suppose, the whole premise of, of what I would say on this point is that it really it has to be, I suppose, a big factor in kind of overall well-being is that authenticity piece and that the for an individual to be aligned with their values, with their purpose. So I think it's it's a big decision. I would say like it's it's not to kind of go into a blind. I, I'd be saying definitely have a chat with a guidance counselor in the school as regards yeah. to different colleges. I'd also say definitely research the course and the college it's something i didn't really do i had a had a college in mind that i wanted to go to that college as regards the course 
it, it was kind of nearly secondary. But for looking back now, I'd say really research the research the topic, research the subject, uh, the course, and also the college. But finally, then it would be around that kind of authenticity piece, and really, it's. I've seen so many students and from, from a young age, um, we do this thing about what I'd like to be when I'm older. And mm. I have had so many, uh, I say kids, I say students, but say I'd like to be a doctor. And I'd say, well, why, what, and that's brilliant. Why would you like to be a doctor? Well, that's what my mom and dad were. That's a, and it's to some extent, it can feel like, I, I know at, at a young age, but I think at 18, it's really, really important that we're looking at who we are what our values are what our interests are yes and that, and that aligning a course and a college with that interest i think it's very very hard to say what you'd like to be doing in a profession that you'd like to be doing at 18 because i think as individuals we're all changing and yeah we're changing so much that it's very hard and i think even i was reading a stat there recently around how how many careers people are having these days so i think even uh, there's never been a time in in our lives that we're changing so much so but i would say around finding something that is of interest to you and mm. and kind of if you can align your passion or your purpose or your strengths as well and that's like uh, even kind of taking strengths test if you really had no idea where to start is um speak to your guidance counselor around kind of finding your strengths because mm. and even going down going down avenues that are aligned with your strengths not yeah. thinking where the job market will be. Mm. Not, I think in the world that we're living in now, you can make a profession out of whatever your interest is. We're seeing people make a profession of computer games and different things. So yeah. if the passion is there. I mean, like I actually, I was, I was uh, teaching a student there only a couple of weeks ago and I was teaching them maths. And this fellow had no interest in the maths I was doing. And I had to say, what, what, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm coding. And, he, and I was like, why are you coding? We're doing maths. He's like, all I want to be is a coder. And I, I actually had to step away and say, well, listen, at the end of the class, tell me about your coding. Because, and ultimately that's what's going to be to some extent more beneficial. He was flying at the maths. The maths was all, all okay to him. But that kind of coding piece and this fellow, whatever it was keeping him up at night, mm. I would say, find your purpose, find your passion. And if you can make steps in that direction, you're, you're off to a really, really good start. Nice. Brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, just to, to wrap up, Mark, I wanted to ask you about, because you've played on lots of teams over the years and, and that, and you've been part of teams in workplaces. Um, what, in your experience, uh, has defined good coaches that you've worked with? And then you have to tell me a couple of things that you think were maybe missing along the way. Yeah, yeah. Um... And actually, to be honest, I've been lucky because the second part of that question was actually quite tough when I was, when I was reflecting back on some mm. people I was missing. But I suppose positive things first that are if I was coaching or teaching that I, I'd like to kind of instill. And one of these things is uh, I'm actually studying it at the moment, but it's about having this adult to adult uh, relationship. And that can be hard sometimes when you're teaching. But I think students and kids and they really the number one thing is, uh, is around respect. And if you can give a child or a student or uh, a team member huge respect it's very very like it just sets the relationship off to such a such a positive note so mm. i suppose giving that giving that kind of respect and then with respect on the back of that i suppose comes responsibility so it's about passing over to some extent the responsibility so if i was a coach and you're you're kind of actually i was coaching a, a an underage hockey team there only only recently but it's about passing over that responsibility to some extent that yes i'll kind of i suppose steer the ship but ultimately you're you're in the water that it's mm. it's kind of I suppose, like it's your team um, and yeah. 
that and kind of I suppose sitting down at the start and making out what do we want, having a look at kind of what our goals are for the year, and then asking the players what what will get us there, what do we think is necessary? Because ultimately, I found just from my own experiences, um, someone A, B, and C, but unless they feel it themselves, they're not they're not going to go along on that journey. So yeah. I'd be trying yeah. to make it as a, as a collaborative, I suppose, relationship as as you can. Yeah. Um, and then finally, then just just all around making it fun. When I think back on any of the teams that I've been involved on or any kind of, I suppose, positive teachers or uh, even when I'm giving lessons or giving <clears throat> when I'm teaching myself, it's all around keeping it fun, keeping it enjoyable. Um, I think we're all experiencing this this thing around kind of finding it very hard to focus. But uh, there's so many different things to take our distractions, but especially as kids their focus levels are so short that you need, your lesson needs to be capturing attention. Mm. Your, your sport, when you're out there on a, on a pitch, you, you need to capture. And once you can capture the attention, can capture, that's when the fun and enjoyment comes, comes from. And probably focusing in on that process that we spoke about earlier, that it's not the winning or the losing, but it's about the process. Yeah. Um, Love it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The fun factor is huge, isn't it? And I think even... Like even again, maybe it's vulnerability or whatever else, but you don't hear that ever mentioned really with men's senior teams in football, you know, and it should be still fun at that age. And it should be, you know what I mean? Because why would you keep going if you're not enjoying it? So I think it's it's worth always keeping in mind. And I saw somebody posting at the weekend about the inter-county game saying, you know, guys, today let's hold off on this anonymous bullshit you see online with people criticizing inter-county players and who give their all and try their best and that, and just trying to build that positivity around you know, around the, the whole thing really and try and, and bring and keep that fun factor as people go through their, their football and career and that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and as, as we were only mentioned before the call, the, the career is so short that definitely keep it, keep it as fun as you can. On that point as well, there was another little one I think you mentioned about what I would have done or kind of, I suppose, things yeah. that I would have done. Yeah, there was just yeah. one thing, I suppose, that kind of would have hit me on that and it would have been probably on an individual basis and it would have been my own kind of, I suppose, my own career it would be maybe taking a little bit more reflection on kind of on my own performance. So and it was very, very simple, what I was doing well and what I could could improve on and um, I think to some extent a, a lot of us I remember having a chat with a friend after tell us about your training and it was very much negative I missed this ball or I missed that and it's I suppose kind of trying to flip that on its head and kind of what I did well and what I could improve on and I think mm. just being a little bit more aware and cognizant of of my own kind of individual performances probably if I was going back 20 years uh, I'd probably incorporate that a little more <laughs> you still got another couple of years to incorporate it now Mark it's all right that's true, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but look here thanks a million and I've got to mention right that you have the PhD summit coming up on the 18th and 19th of November so that sounds uh that sounds very exciting yeah yeah that's um I'm really excited about that um going to be talking around mental wealth and kind of this thing around imposter syndrome so two, two uh, very interesting topics um so yeah i think tickets can be bought online but yeah 18th 19th november it's all going Brilliant. to be online so it should be good i've never heard of mental wealth before so that's a that's a new one and it sounds very interesting yeah yeah i think it's it's one of the terms i suppose around and it's just i suppose it's just uh, more now i suppose in the times that we're living in just that self-care piece is so so important and looking after ourselves not just physically mentally and just just kind of give ourselves the best the best approach kind of going forward mm. with this with this pandemic that we're living in and even kind of when we move on from it as well yeah 
excellent. Look, thanks a million, Mark, for taking the time out to chat. No worries at all, Dick. Anytime. Brilliant. Cheers, man.